Talk about everything and nothing at the same time Catch us Tuesday afternoon when it goes live Always bringing something different each and every time You know that, you know that Talk about everything and nothing at the same time Catch us Tuesday afternoon when it goes live Always bringing something different each and every time You know that, you know that, you know that What's going on, guys? And we are back for episode 48 with our in-house real estate mogul, Ch Chucky Rubano. Chucky, this is God. I, I'm losing count of how many episodes you've been on, but uh, a great friend of the show. Welcome back, buddy. This is my second official episode. Second official. I thought I've been, on, no, I've been on a lot of episodes. This is my second official episode where I'm the guest. Are he's you sure just second? I could have sworn this was your third official one. No, no he's just a no, guest. Oh, okay. Talking. All right. Yeah, no, because I've been on a few where I was just, you know, like a, you know, well, maybe well, just like a, a get, like a, like a, a second co-host, yeah, co-host or okay. Um, yeah, all right. Yeah. And, but yeah, this is my this is my second episode where I'm the guest, so I'm excited. All right. For it. Wow, you got any special whiskey you're drinking tonight? I know you're a big Actually, fan of that. I, I didn't pour anything yet, but I, I will in, in a moment. I'll, I will pour something. But um, all right, I'll, you'll have to, you'll have to show our guests that. they they love that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely will. I'll probably pour something in a moment here. <laughs> all right, boys, what's going on with you today? I I got my one of my first college hockey game in two, almost two years, and it was only an exhibition, but my my RPI boys pulled it out. What about you guys? Not too much uh, for just, me. This. Yeah. Go ahead, Dookie. You can go first. Not too much this week, man. Just taking care of housekeeping stuff, you know? A lot it, it of, kind, of, kind of the same. Yeah, a lot of super dad life for the both of yeah. us having to yeah. slave. We were on booger duty, dude. That's how it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two sick kids. Oh, no. Yeah, That's so cool. just dealing with, yeah, just day in and day out, trying to get them to go to sleep. Trying to get them to take their medicine and blow their nose and wash their hands and trying to hurt them to wherever they need to go. Yeah, that's always fun. And then the screaming yeah. of like, why do I have to wash my hands so many times? I, yeah. Because because Dr. Fauci said so. So we got to do that. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just I also ran... basic good hygiene, too. I mean, we practice that. Right, right, right. Yeah. We, we still take showers in this house. We're not like Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, right? They, they don't take showers? They, <laughs> you didn't they, see yeah, that? they came out. Yeah. No, I'm I like, so. I don't dude, really, I, I, don't I am like the least know. pop culture like person in the world. And even I saw that. It was in some interview. And I, it, they literally, it, they didn't, weren't even asked. It just came up. They're like, yeah, we, our kids only shower. We don't, us and our kids only shower like once a week, if that. Or like if we oh. go in the pool, that counts. And we're I was uh, like, no, what? Absolutely. I was like, what? Yeah, that doesn't sound right. I was no. like, can we back up there? What? You have all that money and you just you don't have like an expensive shower that you could bathe in, dude. Like this. Is, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. This is why people hate the Holly hate people from Hollywood. Dude, Pablo Escobar had a thing for bathrooms. Did you guys know that? I don't no, know if anybody knew that. It's a little fun that? fact. All right, this? so every bat like you could always tell where he was staying based off of the bathroom that was in the hideout it was always his because it was always a gold toilet or something like his his prison that he had that in his prison being used as a loose yeah, term 
pretty much that he put himself away on his terms. Like he didn't really go to jail. He did everything on his terms to make everybody feel good. But when they actually raided in there and they, they had all of the interviews and talks, they were like, yeah, dude, he had, he had a gold toilet. He had all sorts of sinks. Every, everything was, he always had a nice bathroom. So that's how they knew what safe house he was in. They, just, they couldn't figure it out, but that's too much, man. It's too much. Hey, I, I mean, Columbia, dude, I'm not trying just go to go to the anything. bathroom and get out of but there. He was yeah, probably, he, do. yeah, but he was growing up using banana leaves, dude. Now he wants to use a gold toilet seat. And he's got the money for it. Why not let him use I mean, it? I guess that's, yeah. <laughs> that's capitalism, man. Sure. Yeah, dude, a hundred percent. You know, that man was so rich. He offered to pay off the debt of the Colombian government and they still said no. Like that's insane, right? <laughs> he, well, he, can, he, he was he was elected to government. He was elected to the Colombian Parliament. Oh yeah, and then they you know sabotaged him, and then he went on that terrorist binge that he had. When but, you know, when I was in Colombia, I visited Colombia a few years ago with with my family, and it was crazy to see how people love him down there because he did a lot of good for all those poor people to try and keep him in his pocket, keep public perception up. If there's one thing that that man taught everyone, and Chucky knows this really well, look at him. Everyone has a price. <laughs> <laughs> everyone has a price. Doesn't matter who it is. And even if you were like, it's either you take the money or you get the silver. It's the plata y plomo. That, that's what it used to be. Silver or lead. That's which one do you yep, want? Yep. So go ahead. Have fun. Uh, I, I just... Nope. Such an interesting guy. He like I learned so much about him watching Narcos. And actually, my Spanish like really improved watching Narcos. Like as as stupid as that sounds, it was it was really, really cool. The fastest way to learn a language is to just talk it and listen to it. And only that. And that's it. You see a lot of people who you hear stories about people who came to the US, didn't speak any English, and they learned it by watching television. Well, they know everywhere knows English, but you know how I know? Because you can tell you can you go fuck with somebody that like any anybody's money doesn't matter what language they speak. They're always going to speak English. Promise you doesn't matter how it is. It, it, it's just you can deal with any. It might be person. broken, but it will be. It will be. But they're going to call you all sorts of names. Like it doesn't matter. I messed with a guy who said he couldn't speak any English it was when I was in the car game. He was a Chinese man. And dude, he, he called me racial slurs. Swear to God. Like it was insane. He was freaking out on me, got really mad. But the only words I understood were the words that were really bad. So, I mean, it was broken English, but I knew it. I couldn't understand him. I'm sorry. I apologize, man. If you're ever listening to us fans out in China, <laughs> we're going international. We already are, dude. Somebody listened to us in Bulgaria. That was a cool statistic. I was in Bulgaria, dude. You're welcome. Well, so it was you then giving us that. That's what it was. Did you leave a sticker somewhere? (laughs) Did you leave a stick? Please tell me you left a sticker somewhere. I didn't have mine on me. I was going to because I thought that'd be really funny, but I I looked and I didn't have it in in my bag. I left a couple in Jamaica. I gave one to my bag guy, my baggage guy. I was like, I don't have any more cash on me. Here you go. He's like, oh, thank you. You probably just threw it away. But what he just man. paid for like 10 years of that guy's whole life. Oh, that is true. I did give that guy his pool and porch. That's, you know, <laughs> off the $10 tip that I gave him. So, I mean, my bad. Goodness. So much going on. Just ready to, I just want things to, just to mellow out, you know. Things have mellowed out, dude. They. 
society is getting angrier with each other. Have you noticed? Like we did our irony episode a couple weeks ago and people are the response. I got to say, take that minute. I'll take this is a good minute to do that before we go into our break. Thank you to the people that have reached out and were like, hey, I didn't notice some of that. I didn't notice some of the things you guys were talking about, how the narratives completely flipped. Some of the shit I'd been sitting on for a year that Dookie and I have been sitting on for a year. Finally, people were like, holy shit, it's happening. Yeah. So, you know, cheers to you guys yeah. for listening and, you know, spread the word. Just make sure people know. Educate. It's okay. We've all been duped. We've all been duped. That's why I want things to settle down. I, you, you're saying people are getting mad at each other. That's what I want to settle down, man. Can't we all just go back to being friends and not talk about who we voted for? Like, It's not about the happen right vote. Now, I don't think it's the vote thing now. It's just the it's it's the tired of there's always something to scare. Now there's a new variant, the R dot one, R point one, or whatever. There's another variant that, that that's now slowly creeping up, like the Delta variant did a few weeks ago. I mean, or months ago, not even weeks, so, a few months so ago. Is back the Delta in, variant gone now? I don't know. I guess the R dot one is going to be even more deadly, and there's a pill now that that can combat all of this. Like it's and now insane. it's going to affect that, infants, huh? They're going yeah. to have to go below five years. Exactly. So they're try they're figuring out ways. It be it became. I posted a thing the other day talking about how it's like first we told like we we made it, then we bribed you, then we told you. Now we're going to shame you, and now we're going to fire you. Like it, the if if this is the deadliest disease when it comes to it, and that's the ironic part. Why do they just fire like one state just fire seventy thousand healthcare workers? Wouldn't you want all of them that seven, you can get seven thousand? It was seven D. Seven zero 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 zero. Sure about that? I'm pretty sure it was New York that did that. Man, they were going to call in the they were going to call in the National Guard. The National to help. Guard. Yeah. Well, I saw. I don't know. I don't. You know, I don't care. We we touched the on irony. this a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but that's the fun <laughs> part. But that's the fun part. Like even Chucky's probably like, dude, it's the ironic. It's irony for all of it. It's doesn't matter what side. It's you. We see it. It's being used in a, as a political weapon now, and it sucks. Most it really does. Most important thing is that. At the end of the day, man, people got to do do their own research and, and really just make their own decisions. Yep. Yeah. You can't just rely on getting information from any news source. You really got to do take the time to, you know, do the research and do the work and make your own decisions because there's a lot of there's a lot of information out there. A lot of it's right. A lot of it's wrong. And it's hard to tell what's what. And you don't even know what's right anymore when it comes to it. It's you got to hope that there's. There's the fact check, which isn't really a fact check. It's more like you, we don't like what you say. And then there's like actual fact checking, which is good. I would rather be slapped down and be like, I'm wrong. And be go, like, on, go on like, Facebook and go on, go on Facebook and see what your friends with their Google medical degrees say. Yeah, I know. Right. Like that's the <laughs> best that's everywhere though. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, well, the best thing is that we could use our own decisions here in this country and you can make your, you can go with whatever you want. That's the best part. If you don't agree with mm. it, then don't do it. You have the fucking right to. But you so can't get it. mad at me. You can't get mad at me for not no. agreeing with yours. Always. No, no. Absolutely. That's how it, it works. It goes both ways, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, in this country, you have the right. Exactly. And, and that I is the best it. part. Yeah. So thank you to everyone that listened to our Irony States of America. We do appreciate you guys for that. And go ahead, Dustin. Do your thing. Right. Yeah, I think that's a, definitely a, a, a good spot to to call it for the first section before we get way off the rails here. We want to talk about Chucky coming up and we will be doing that in <laughs> one minute. Thanks for listening guys. This is episode 48 of the wet down.
And we're back with the wet down episode 48 with in-house real estate mogul, Chucky Rubano. I see you, you're giggling every time I say that, but uh, uh, w- w- welcome back to the show, buddy. Oh man, it's good to be back guys. I'm, I'm excited to spend the next, you know, I don't know, 45 minutes with you guys and uh, yeah, and have some good conversations. Yeah. So uh, we'll jump right in with real estate. You just recently bought your, I don't know, however, what- uh, I lost another duplex. We closed on another one. You bought another duplex and from the pictures on Instagram, it looks like it's a real fixer upper. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, well, we can get right into that one. So yeah, we, we closed on another duplex. Um, we're on track for this year. Uh, looking to actually close on two more properties before the end of the year to reach our goal. Um, but yes, yeah, so the one we just closed on last Friday. So yeah, it's been about a week. I mean, this place was a a hoarder like hoarder house bad um the the people that were living there who we had to actually evict before we closed on it i mean you they just their their house or their home was their trash can there was you couldn't even walk through this place and and i posted a lot of photos on on social media here Um, here, i i got the photos right here if we want to show some of them yeah you could definitely pull them up um i don't understand how people do that Exclusive like, for our YouTube it. group. It's because we were Marines, dude. We weren't allowed to live like this. No, so, listen, it's it's gross, man. I, uh, here, this is some of the this is the yard. inside. So, man, oh my god, that's disgusting. Like piss bottles, guys. This was like I took these pictures. That's brutal. Halfway through the cleanup, though, you don't understand. Like, oh, so it was way worse. Yeah, if you can go on my my story on there too, Dustin. Even maybe even check that out. Um, but just to kind of describe it to people, maybe just listen. Oh, yeah, here's the before. Yeah, there's how? more click how, dude. That's how they oh. live. It was, I mean, it's it's bad. It's bad. Of course, of course, there's fucking cat stuff up there. Always. Oh, yeah, the the dog people don't live around. like this, man. I mean, dude, dog people do not live like and this. Now, so basically, though, just to kind of give everybody an update, like, or explain what it is, um, even in the picture, it's kind of hard to explain. It's just food. It's food and clothes. And when I tell you that, it was just like, it, it was like a foot of trash on the ground, primarily food, rotting food, half oh my God. food, um, wrappers, you know, all that stuff. And then there was a lot of, and a lot of clothing and things like that. But like, the other thing was, is it seemed like they must've went to a lot of, I don't know, soup kitchens or like food banks because there was canned food and like boxes of canned food in every room of the house. So they must've went and like, you know, got these, you know, uh, canned goods and then they just never used them and just threw them everywhere so it's a shame it was a waste of a lot of you know canned stuff but i mean nobody tried good people could have used it too yeah I mean, that's the shitty it's part a shame that they were taking it because i mean there was boxes on boxes of full of like you could tell it just came from a food bank that we tossed god knows how long it was there and i mean um you know we're i mean the place was you couldn't even breathe in it we were in full tidec uh tie Tyvek suits, Tyvek, I think they're called. When they're like the with your N95 suits. Um, yeah. So the you they're the suits. If anybody's thinking like what, what I'm talking about, it's when you like when you're going to like spray paint, um, or like like paint like painters wear them. It's like the full white suit. Yeah. That, like, painters wear over their clothes. So like we had those on, gloves, and then masks. Um, and just the, like the whole really, Breaking Bad outfit, like you're making. Yeah, masks. yeah Breaking Bad exactly. Uh, just to pick up the trash. So the the first whole week, I mean, I we only had about two full days of work there to be honest um and we got everything cleaned up the majority of it and uh yeah so 
that's the cleanup part, you know, disgusting, but Hey, that's just part of the business, right? When you're, when you're buying these properties, um, especially our, with our strategy, my, mine and um, my investors, we're buying the ugliest house on the street. We're buying the house that needs the most work. We're looking for the properties that raccoons don't even want to live in. Right. <laughs> so in terms of, you know, what we're looking for, I mean, that, that property that we just closed on that checked all the boxes. Now, with that being said, though, we didn't even start yet, right? The cleanup, I feel like we're, we're still in like the negative, right? We're just finishing the cleanup today. So now we can actually start the rehab. Um, plan is tomorrow to demo, start the demo. Uh, probably be a solid two or three days of demo just to get into the walls, see what's going on with the plumbing, electric. Um, we're taking down a few walls. We're going to do an open floor plan on the, on the upstairs. And yeah, so that's going to be the next couple of days demoing. And then it's really coming up with a solid plan of exactly what we're going to do with it. We have ideas now of how we want it to look. Um, but once we rip down the walls and we really get that, that visual, really see what's going on, we'll have a clearer picture. And then we'll be going through with my GC and other people that are going to do a lot of the work. What's GC? GC is a general contractor. So um, I'd usually in my own general contractor, but for certain sections or certain jobs, this is a duplex. So it's two units. Um, I'm going to bring on other general contractors to maybe just do uh, one unit for certain parts and then other parts I'm going to GC myself and, and bring on individual um, workers, whether it's plumbers or electricians or framers or, you know, whatever, whatever. We now, need. Do you need anything to do that? As far as need anything like uh, certificates or anything yes. to be verified is that you can. Yeah. So I, um, everybody that has, does work on, on my properties, um, has to all be legit. They have to have a business. I need a, you know, actual receipts, all the, the work needs to be on paper. And they also have to all go to the town and pull their permits. Okay. Um, so, and especially the way I invest with this deal, this duplex is actually um, one of my personal properties. So um, what I mean by that, it's in my personal portfolio. So that's all uh, my cash in the deal. But for other properties that we've acquired and that we're doing with investor money as well, and, and I bring on investors, um, it's very important that I have a track record where every penny went. And right. The easiest way to do that is just making sure that everybody's legit, everybody's on the books, um, receipts are going both ways, and we're able to keep track of all that. So when you're buying this place, and you don't have to get into specific if, if you don't want, but in ballpark, how much do you usually buy these places for, and how much do you put into it, and how much do you sell them for? So actually, with this property, I don't mind going into all the details, because I've already mentioned on, on social media and to a lot of people that my plan with this property is I'm gonna actually document every step of it um, and do like weekly updates, get into all the numbers, all the specifics. Um, because so many people ask me about investing in real estate. They wanna get into it, but they're not sure. They're not sure about the numbers. Um, and you know, there's so much information out there. It could be hard to kind of sift through everything. So with that being said, I figured the best way I can help those people is just you know, pull down the curtains, document everything, um, get into all the details with the numbers and, and really go through this property. So I don't mind actually sharing some of those numbers now. Um, some of these are still going to be speculative because um, we're in the middle of the rehab or we're just starting. So um, some of these are estimates. Obviously, they might change. But this property and various, this property is very similar. The majority, of, I would say like 90% of the properties we invest in, right? There's a certain price range we're looking at. There's a certain area that we're looking at and all the properties that we tend to invest in fall around the same numbers. 
Um, but for an example, this duplex that we just closed on, we acquired it for 145,000. It's gonna need about 50 to 60,000 worth of repairs. And just for the sake of argument or the sake of not getting too complicated, let's just assume that that 50 to 60,000 is all expenses, closing costs, holding costs, um, and the actual repairs. And like I said, that could change. <laughs> so we, you know, once we, uh, this week we'll know better um, once we rip the walls down and we really get like a visual on, on some of the, like, like I said, like plumbing and electric, um, you know, there's definitely some stuff we could already tell we need to replace, but we'll know for sure how much we need to replace. And that's really going to affect our estimate. But as of right now, we're looking at about 50 to 60,000. And what are you trying, what are you hoping to sell it for? Or are you going to rent yeah. it out? So if, you know, if we're tracking the math here, right, we bought it for 145 and let's just say for simple simplicity's sake, it's exactly 55,000 into it, right? So we're into it totally for 200. Um, that is probably one of my top goals. I want to keep all in um, under 200,000 if I can. Uh, 210 on the high end, that's like my uh, barrier point where like I really don't want to go over that. Um, but with that being said, just based off of some of the comps in the area, um, we're estimating that we believe it'll appraise at 285 when it's done. Oh, wow. Right. Now, that's, of course, like I said, that's subject to, you know, it's an estimate. That's what we're estimating at. It could come down lower. It could come in higher. Um, on the low end, if, you know, even if it comes down maybe 10 to 20,000 less, we'll be okay. Um, I wouldn't want to see it under that. On the high end, I can't see it going over 300,000. Um, I just don't think it's for the, the area. It doesn't really work that way um, just compared to other properties. So I think 285 is pretty safe. Um, like I said, it may go up or down, but that's what we're thinking. For our Connecticut listeners and viewers, uh, whereabouts is it? Middletown, Middletown, right okay. now, Wesleyan, right? Um, yeah, and, and it, it's actually a good way we could kind of roll into like the plan for the property. Um, because we're so close to Wesleyan and... Uh, if, if you're familiar with the area, Wesleyan's similar to like Yale too. If anybody's familiar with Yale, they own a lot of properties around their um, campus and their student housing or their, uh, uh, you know, professors live there or they're even their own, you know, different facilities and, and what have you. So the, we're the next street. So there's Wesleyan and then the first, or I shouldn't say the next, the first street is the street that this property's on. Um, so you just come up the street take a right and you're on Wesleyan property. There's Wesleyan properties there. Um, and then so many houses down is the actual campus. So we're very close and we do plan to do a, this for college rentals. We're, we're looking to, to rent this out to either, you know, college kids, you know, by the room or um, somehow involved uh, with Wesleyan. I was going to say, there's a nice little strategic value to that. I knew that you were going to be poking around with the school because we all know how the money pits that those are. Right. So if you do, you do the work and you show them that, you know, like you're good at this kind of stuff, maybe they'll buy up more of what you buy constantly. Um, I don't, know about, I don't know about, I don't know about that. Um, you never it, know, dude, there's, this, it could happen. Things happen. You yeah. Never I, don't, know. I don't know about that, but I definitely can see um, this being a really good college rental. Um, we're, we're designing it to be that way. Um, so I have the end user in mind, the way we're doing this is we're going to try to, the, with the open floor plan, the way we're doing the bathrooms, the way we're doing the bedrooms, um, the ease of use, we're, we're really trying to design it with a, a college student in mind. Um, and if, you know, if it's a six, it's going to be six bedrooms all together. So for six people, we're Is that both units included? Yeah. So that's both units included. They'll be separate. Um, 
but you figure still on the property, there's going to be six different people. And I, I think it would be individual rooms. I don't think any of the rooms would be doubling up. So I'm, I'm thinking six people uh, minimum. So we're designing where the parking's going to be, you know, how laundry is going to go. Uh, common area. Situations, common areas, all that. So we're really trying to nice think about it. little sweet. You got a barrack suite, dude. That's what Chuck yeah, does. He had a nice <laughs> barrack property. He had a nice barracks in Hawaii, and that's why he's doing this for these kids. That's what it is. And, um, yeah, and then, of course, we always like to, with real estate, you don't, um, you, you know, you have to have multiple exit strategies. You have to have multiple plans, right? So let's say, um, you know, by, I mean, truth of the matter is we're going to be done with this property in probably November, maybe before Christmas, we'll say. Quick turnaround. Um, no, 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 it's... 30 to 60 days is generally about normal do, um, about your normal. average it's as easy. long as um work and workers and the supplies are, are available um yeah 30 to this yeah, is they're not off the coast of california on a ship waiting for them <laughs> no but listen 30 uh 30 to 60 days this, it, this job it looks worse than it is um but because we're not actually redoing all the electric all the plumbing you know everything yeah. We're actually only really redoing the kitchen and the bathrooms and moving a few walls around and just like refurbishing stuff. It's really not that big of a job. So six, 30 to 60 days is, is probably where we'll be at, but you know, holidays are coming up. Um, so I could see it maybe rolling over into December. That being said though, it's halfway through the semester. So is it reasonable for us to get it filled with six college people? I don't know. Um, so we do have a B plan, which would be to, rent out um, the smaller unit because one's a two bed, one is a four bedroom, rent out the smaller unit normally on the, with a normal one year lease and uh, let that kind of cover the expenses until the following semester and then just um, kind of leave the upstairs empty until then. Um, but some people are saying we might be able to get second semester in there as well. So I, I guess we'll see. College kids start looking right around like now anyway, don't they? I mean, a couple of our buddies were like, Hey, do you know anybody who's staying, staying right. around and needs roommates because I'm here next year or I'm not going to be here. There's, there's still going on. So it's a good it's chance. Possible. Um, it's just, I like to, you know, we like to think, you know, we have that second plan already in place that way. Hey, if, Oh, absolutely. You know, if, if it's January, February, we're not like, Hey, what are we doing? We already know plan B. Um, now that being said, you know, going down that, right. You want to have, multiple exit strategies in real estate. So if you're taking notes right now, multiple exit strategies. So one is, hey, college kids, six of them, right? Two is, hey, we could rent it out normally on one, holding costs, wait on the second. Obviously the next step would be, let's just rent the whole place out normally, which is fine. We'll be able to um, do very well. It'd be a very nice cash flowing property if we just rent it out normally. Um, from there, kind of going, tying back to what the property's worth, yeah, if, if maybe the, the rent's not really working out, very easy to sell the property. And we'll still, um, we'll still do very, you know, very well uh, in an ROI standpoint that way, if we do decide to sell it. And then, you know, at that point, um, you know, we have options, right? We have several different ways we can profit from this property. Um, and, that, and that's one of the reasons why when I'm going in to actually purchase a property, I like to make sure that I, I have those options, right? Are you using your burr strategy? Yeah, this is definitely a burr, a hundred percent. All right. What, what what's what's burr? Go ahead. Yeah, so, I was waiting for Dustin to do it. Everybody, burr. <laughs> burr yeah, burr. <laughs> like uh, you know, burr. No, no, but um, 
So the burst strategy is the, my preferred strategy. It's what I focus on. And what that means is it's an acronym, right? B and then four hours. And what it stands for is buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. So generally a bank will do a cash out refinance up to 70% of the value of the property. So if the property's worth $100,000, they will give you a loan on that for $70,000. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it makes The sense. way that the strategy works is in this situation or in, yeah, I'll, I'll use the real situation. Um, oh, I, I feel like it's relevant. Um, but in this real situation, I'm buying this property for 145. I'm gonna have to do my calculator here too, but um, say we're into it all in for 200,000, right? And if it appraises at 285,000 and we'll do times 70, I'm oh, sorry, 70%, I messed that up. 70% times, well, um, you come up with a number of about 200,000. So 19, um, $199,500. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a reason why I don't want to go over 200,000 with this property because in order for me to burr out of it, it needs to, um, I, yeah, I need to keep it under 200,000 so I could get all of my cash back um, on yeah. DB5 for $200,000 if it comes back at 285. Now, if it comes in lower, I'll, I'll end up leaving some um, money or cash into the deal, but I'm comfortable with leaving um amount of cash in there that i'll get back within the first year of cash flow so let's just say hypothetically cash flow is a thousand dollars a month i'm comfortable leaving twelve thousand dollars into the deal because i know in a year i'll get that twelve thousand back does that kind of make sense mm -hmm. you're using time if i, sure. if I dip time. under that though or if i dip over that however under over however you want to think and it's and i'm leaving more than a year's worth of cash flow and deal then i'm selling i'm liquidating something went wrong i i, I read the numbers wrong um, maybe there was a hidden expense. Maybe the rent didn't do what we thought it was going to do. Maybe it didn't appraise what we thought it was going to do. It didn't, the numbers didn't work. It's fine. No problem. We'll just liquidate and we'll, we'll liquidate and dispose of that asset. Very nice, dude. No, I, is this YouTube channel going to come? Like you're going to start that YouTube channel now with this based off I, of your, I, your strategies here. I know we were talking about it. I, I mean, mean look, pigeonhole the, you, but the burr strategy is not my strategy, right? That's just well, the strategy that I've adopted. Well, um, no, you're, you're documenting this. So that's why I'm oh, saying right, right. maybe, maybe show, I mean, not everybody, you're a good teacher, man. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're a lot younger than, than, than Dookie and I, and we listen to you. I mean, you're just, a you and Dustin are about the same age. We still yeah. listen to you. I mean, you talk, you talk the talk, you walk the walk, we pay attention to what you say and you're really good at what you do. So, I mean, I can, I definitely see a wet down golf course purchase coming up very soon. We're <laughs> going to find some it. investors for that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, as far as like, I guess YouTube goes or anything like that right now, what I'm doing is, you know, and, and there's a skill that is involved there that I don't necessarily have at the moment when it comes to filming or editing or even taking photos. Um, so right now what I'm doing, when I say I want to document every step of this property, um, the way I'm thinking is doing it in like a weekly um, video update and i'm going to be posting that uh on social media on my current social medias um instagram facebook uh, even linkedin if i feel that there's enough people that are interested in actually seeing my style of teaching which is really straightforward um or even you know being a part of a project like that and just kind of following the journey 
then I would definitely consider investing in somebody to actually professionally film me doing this stuff, you know, put the videos together for me and, and doing like a weekly, you know, post up on something like YouTube. I could see it happening. There's a couple of things that the reason I say that is because I follow and I've subscribed to architectural digest on, uh, on YouTube. And I love, I love watching some of the stuff that they go through, like massive houses, mansions and things like that. I love watching all of that. I like, I like looking at a home that I'm like, you know, I'm not like going super extravagant, like hundred million dollar homes. I'm looking at, you know, five, $6 million homes. And I'm like, you know what, this is nice. And based off the math that, you know, you and a couple of our acquaintances have talked about in our real estate world, it's really not all that expensive. And when you figure out you're only two home, two rental homes away from owning a six, $7 million home. So, I mean, <laughs> It's really not too, it's not too bad for yourself if you're, if you're really looking for it. And I think the main reason I say it is because you do talk the talk, you do walk the walk. And I think it's more or less your exposure, dude. If, if there was a way to get you in front of way more people, your style and your strategy would appeal to a lot of people, man, because there's too many people that are out there that are fucking scammers and they just take it and run and, I've, I've kept you close and I've been around you for a while. These guys will back it up. You're not a fucking scammer. You ain't going to run and you know what you're doing. So that's why you're here. You're telling all these people that listen to us. So, you know, I, it's, I've been, you know, at the end of the day, like it really comes down to the why. And I really feel that real estate is an amazing wealth asset or a wealth vehicle, if you will. And it is something that I truly believe can, can really easily change people's lives. Um, it's also something that I, I don't think is out of reach for most people. And, you know, the only, the reason why I am going to document this, this project, it, the only real, the, at the end of the day, the reason is that I just want to inspire more people to do this, or I want more people to realize that it's possible or to even see what's possible. Cause some people might not know what one property could do for you. Um, you know, the right property, what the right property could do for you. Um, and, and, and I think when it comes from that, like, you know, I feel like if I can even just help one person, it's worth it for me to go through all the effort to, you know, I don't know, learn how to film it or, or be better at documenting it or, you know, take the time to post it up, whatever the case may be. Um, even oh, if I just sure. help one person buy their first property or decide to start investing. So. Oh, for sure, dude. No, I mean, the reason I, t- I talked about the Burr is because you have the Facebook group. It's right. You, right. you created it for us, the Burr group. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm a part of it. I'm happy to be a part of it. I pay attention to what you're posting. I know it's in soft launch mode, right, but right. I do. Yeah. So people, the, 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 Facebook group, out. the Facebook group is where I'm going to be posting the majority of the um, updates on this project, as well as other videos around Burr, um, the Burr strategy. And the reason why I did it in a Facebook group is I don't want to drown out my other social media um, because, you know, there maybe not everybody's interested in real estate. So I don't want to like, bomb, you know, bombard them with, uh, you know, millions of posts and photos of, you know, of people's leftover food on the ground. You know, they might not want to see that. Um, so I, kind of yeah, I know, right. <laughs> um, oh my God, man, it, was, it was gross, but I don't <laughs> think about it, but that's what the Facebook group is for. Just to kind of have a place where I could post everything do updates, um, also post other videos, uh, you know, different instructional videos and um, different types of things like that there. And just in one spot, have everything. And, and you know, I have that community where people can start asking questions and, you know, we can start kind of growing together. 
Um, I, I call it the Burr Group. Um, the the actual name is just Burr Mentor Group, and then uh, you know helping new entrepreneurs buy their first property. Um, but really, at the end of the day, I just I really just want to see people join that group, get the confidence from myself and other members to actually decide to do this, and then for me to be there to help you every step of the way to actually get it done, so that I can you can post like, hey, I just bought my first property. Like I can't wait for that day. When I get somebody in there that post, hey, just bought my first property. Um, and that's what that group's about. So I'm going to continue to post on there and hopefully, you know, more people, uh, you know, find out about it. And yeah, if, like I said, if I could just help one person, it'd all be worth it. Dude, you have a good why. And that's what it usually takes. So I think you are helping people. I mean, you got rid of some, sh- you got rid of a, you got rid of a shitty situation to create for six more people to have a roof over their head for school, right. way to better them. However they want to use it. It's, it's the fucking American dream right there. Buy nope. up some land, yeah. sell it to somebody who needs it for a little bit, you know, rent it out for some space and then on to the next one. But it's also like the best flex ever. I mean, just to own some property, it really is. It's in any piece. You can own just a piece of land and build nothing on it, but you could just be like, you know what? You feel good because you own something. That's fucking land. You own it. It's yours. And you can do whatever the fuck you want with it, whether you build on it or you leave it to the birds to have fun and nature to run its course. Like you can do whatever it is you choose. And that, I I don't know, for that, I I thank you for that because that's good. I mean, that's a flex on things I never thought of for myself. I was always like, you know what? Now I really want to buy, like my Napoleon syndrome dude is even higher on this. Like that whole, I want to buy some shit and put my name on it just so I could piss people off. <laughs> that's it, dude. No, listen, I put my name on good, You raise a good point though, um, Aaron. And, you know, one of the things you said is like, you know, I'm, I'm finding this property that, you know, was kind of let down, run down, wasn't the best living conditions for the people living there. And essentially what I do is residential redevelopment is I'm redeveloping residential property so that somebody can live there in a safe, beautiful, clean, healthy environment. Um, and if you take a, take a step back and you look at the micro or the, even the macro, you know, economics kind of standpoint, people in that, investors like myself or real estate investors in general actually perform a very necessary service for the community. When we come in and we buy the ugliest house on the street and we turn in the most beautiful house on the street, we bring in good tenants that are going to maintain the property. Well, um, you know, bring more value to the neighborhood, people who have jobs who are going to actually spend more money in the, in the local community, right. That's going to help the economy, but it's also going to help the neighborhood right now. The ugliest house on the streets, the, the best looking house on the street other people, other houses on the street are going to have positive, um, it's going to have a positive impact on other properties, right? The value of other properties may go up because of it. If I bring in top tier renters, now it's a top tier renter neighborhood and other investors can look at my property as an example and say, hey, maybe it's worth investing in Middletown now. If, if Chuck can get top top tier renters in there and have a cash flowing, you know, a good asset there, well, maybe it makes sense for me to invest my capital into this town and remodel some other ugly houses and get that top tier tenant, which has an essentially a domino effect uh, in the communities. So when I, the, one of the reasons why I like doing what I do is from that aspect alone, that when I go into a community, I'm changing that community. I already look at the street that this property's on. I've already identified three or four other properties. I've already knocked on, I've already talked to the owners that I want to buy next. 
And I've already started those conversations because I would love to acquire two or three more properties on this street and turn those properties into what I have envisioned for this duplex. So that way the entire um, neighborhood benefits from it. And, and I think that that investors in general might not get that reputation or people might not see investors in that light, but me looking at myself and what other people do, I, I, that's what I see. I see us coming into the communities and, and really having a positive impact. Yeah, no, that was, that's the whole point of it. It's you're, you're removing, you're privatizing it there. It's capitalism at its finest right there. You're giving, you're making things better by keeping competition strong and fair. That's what's happening. You're raising the value, the quality of living, you're raising the value of all sorts of stuff. And in the end, it puts all more, more money in our pockets and creates everything for everyone because everything costs something. We talked about that in the opening part of the show. Pablo Escobar, everything costs something <laughs> so, and everyone has a price and dude, you've done, you're doing well with all of it. What's the next, so are you going to buy a golf course yet? What's next? What's the next big piece? Uh, golf courses aren't are coming um, anytime soon, but I'll say this uh, before we move on though, just in already though, and I've only acquired this property a week ago and we've already cleaned up a lot of trash. Yeah. You know? We're talking like two 30 yarders full of um, just garbage, uh, which 30 yard is a very big container. If, if you don't know what that is, Google. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, and we have one or two to go, believe it or not. But I've already had a lot of the neighbors come out to meet me, thank us for what we're doing. Um, I've had the local fire department and police officer stop by as well because, um, you know, the, they just see people like smashing windows and walking in. They were, let me check out what's going on over here. But we introduced a bunch of dudes with gold and they're smashing that shit. Yeah. You don't understand why. <laughs> we let them know that everything was okay. We just, we're, we're, we're starting the demo and, and they were great. They don't owe me money. They don't owe me money. We're good. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, the, the officer that stopped by, um, very respectful. And, uh, you know, I walked, we, I let him in. We walked the property. You know, he, he was letting us know he's, he had responded, you know, dozens of times this property was a problem property in the area fire department was there several times or maybe even more than that i forget exactly what they said just about different problems um whether they're lighting fires in the back or um different things they weren't supposed to be doing so just generally from the entire community we've gotten a lot of positive feedback um and i can't say it stress it enough that this was by far the ugliest house on the street um most of the other properties on the street are very nicely maintained very well kept they're owner occupied. So they're people who actually live there. It's not, they're not rentals. And, you know, this property was an eyesore and it was bringing down everybody else's property. So a lot of positive feedback. And I just wanted to just touch on that for a moment. No, as you should, man, it's the, you righted the wrong and you dug out the cancer. So good job. And the, there's plenty of authority helping you, but is there more, is there going to be like, what what's next to buy we're on real estate that that's tonight's topic so i know you're doing good with all this residential stuff but is there like a pleasure piece that you want to buy maybe rubano golf suites or something i don't know something what so like we got as long as we can play for free i don't know as long if you if you start competing with sandals man and putting resorts in other countries i want to know let me know how you're doing i want to figure that shit out too let's do it but uh i guess the if you're saying like pleasure or something I'm looking at, I'm definitely looking to buy more farmland. Um, as you know, you know, my family were farmers, so I do want to buy more farmland, but I want to buy farmland. That's an asset, not a liability. So when I find the right farm, that's a income producing property, 
then yeah, I will be looking at stuff like that. Um, it's not my main, main, main priority or top goal, but it is something I, I do, uh, you know, have in the back of my mind, I have an eye out for it. So I do want to find, um, you know, farmlands that are, are going to be assets to me and, you know, be income producing properties. That's are you doing, I want. are you thinking like ranches or are you thinking, are, are, I'm, I'm talking like a Montana ranch or are you talking, you know, some cornfields yeah. out in Iowa? All, like, all the above, so. um, all the above. I would say that, you know, mostly what my family does is livestock. So I would be leaning towards animals and livestock. Um, That's a Colorado guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it, believe it or not, though, you don't really have to go that far. Um, you know, I just based off of where I'm at here in Connecticut and, and where my family has been traditionally and, and even the surrounding states, you know, there's a lot of opportunities um, for, you know, different types of different farms that are already in operation. <laughs> Ohio. Ohio. All right. I'm just mean, saying. Dude, yeah, I've, I've made the drive out to Ohio several times to look at properties. Um, most mostly big multi-units, like 24 unit plus. Um, and you know, some of my investor friends, you know, we do we do look out that way a lot. So Ohio's not bad at all, man. It's like the, the last time I went there, I think there was a, it was only like a nine and a half hour drive, which is not bad. If I could do the drive, if I could do the drive in a straight shot, that's close enough yeah. for me to invest. If I have to, if it's a two day drive, that's when I have to take a second thought about it right now. Um, yeah. You know, I used to have properties scattered over uh, all over the States and uh, I kind of stepped back and I said, I want to kind of work in a, in a circle right now. And before I expand out, you know, when I get the private jet, then we can do properties. Else. And when you're, when you're, when you're doing want, that man. Bobby, you're doing that Bobby <laughs> Axelrod <laughs> shit, you know, <laughs> um, disappearing. Yeah. But now, the other question you mentioned too, like kind of what's next. So right now I, I want to focus on the Burr strategy and, and um, residential properties. So single family, duplex, triplex, you know, fourplex, um, focus on the Burr strategy, focus on remodeling and really kind of hone this strategy. Now, what I want to do next is just kind of continue what I'm doing and just constantly scaling. Um, going from buying a you know a few properties in in this quarter to buying a dozen properties, um, going from having you know a handful of deals hop app happening at the same time to having a dozen deals going on at the same time or a dozen renovations going on at the same time. So I'm really looking to scale in that sense as well as bring in more investor money. Um, so I'm leaning more and more towards doing syndications, bringing on investors, uh, bringing people to invest. Um, you know, with me in our, in my strategy. And part of the reason why I want to focus on one strategy is because I want to be able to look backwards and be like, Hey, look, this is what we just finished. This is the, the last Burr property. This is the, the 10 properties before it. This is how we operate. This is how we work. This is our timelines. We have a lot of case studies and data saying we know what we're doing. And I feel that that will kind of more um, give us a more solid platform to raise more investor money to, to be able to, you know, buy dozens, you know, dozens of properties in a month or um, really expand that way. I'm waiting to see you just like have your own city. Honestly, dude, like Trump's got his <laughs> name all over buildings. Like I'm waiting to see Rubano on a whole bunch of buildings and just a bunch of places. Just in after like not, I'm not, I'm not saying in the next, you know, with based off of what you're saying right now, I'm saying in the next 10 or 15, maybe 20 years when you're seasoned, you're one of those guys that you own just enough. You're just like, you know what? I want to buy that and put my name on it. And then your buddies are like, why? I'm like, cause I can, and I want to, 
Hey, even better, even better yet, have have people coming to you and saying, "Hey, I want to put your name on my building." Yeah, there's always that's that. What, that's what that's what Trump does, dude. Yeah, they have the buildings he doesn't even own. He just leases out his name. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I would rather you know. I I don't know. Maybe 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 just yeah. just just think about it. We'll Everything about can it. happen. I mean, look at all, look at us four guys. I mean, the four of us are doing this, this weird show that people listen to every now and then. I mean, it's uh, anything can happen. It's life is fucking wild. It's a possibility. It's possible. (laughs) Absolutely, dude. No. um, So now that you're doing with, with this whole Burr strategy that you've got, that you're working on the next couple, the next couple pieces that you have, you said earlier that you got, you know, November, you're going to be doing it and you've already lined up the next conversations. Are you staying just in Connecticut in our little area? Are you trying to rebuild or help out and other, I mean, we live in such a hard place to do that in. Ah, dude, I don't agree with that at all. I I feel like it's hard to do that here just because of taxes. It's just just so much shit that they fucking jam down our throats here. So I agree. Um, I think Connecticut is amazing place to invest in real estate for so many reasons but i'll say this that connecticut has the most expensive real estate of any state even california um connecticut is some of the most valuable property in all of the united states even california i'm saying like some people a lot of people think oh california has the connecticut has the most and the the most valuable real estate um or in some of the most valuable properties i should say because obviously there's there's valuable properties all over the country and all the states but connecticut has a lot of them it's because of the location and the most important thing with real estate is location 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 business too right location location, location. it's not Anything. just a saying yeah, yeah. So when, when people say oh the taxes are high what does that even mean like it doesn't matter what the taxes are if, the, if it cash flows it cash flows if it's a if the numbers work and it's a and it's a profitable investment i don't care what the taxes are but yeah if you charge if you charge and they pay they pay you're good they, Hamden's oh Hamden's bad in Connecticut everybody's like oh Hamden's got high taxes the, the rents x y and z doesn't matter I mean I'm going to make this much every month cash flow or this much a year I'm up I'm paying attention to the taxes matter I mean they matter don't get me wrong it's the number that you calculate but if I'm calculating all my numbers taxes are just one number I calculate the rest of my numbers it's either a good deal or it's not yeah I just it, hate the it'd state be nicer if the taxes were cut in half <laughs> Right, if the taxes are cut out, that's fine. But I'm not like, oh, the taxes high. No, it's just hey, look, taxes are there. They're they're gonna be there. If if tomorrow all the taxes double, that would be a problem. That would be a big problem. <laughs> um, you know, but that's not. It's up happen. for it's up for vote like next week. So <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that would be I don't think property taxes are gonna jump um, unreasonably because if they do jump, it's usually a small amount, and that's why you increase rent every year. You increase where you can and you make, you make the right adjustments. Absolutely. No, I mean, but I will to answer your question though. No, I'm not just looking in Connecticut. I'm looking in my circle. And then I, I do have um, a few business partners, associates, people that I've worked with in the past in uh, around Arizona and, and in Texas right now. Um, I've invested in the, um, in, in Texas before I've never actually invested in Arizona before. Um, but I do. I got some friends out there. I should introduce you to them. I can say that. 
I have a lot of friends out there. I have a lot of um, other investors out there. So I, I am looking out that's that way as well. Um, but I would say that primarily the 90% of the properties that we'll probably buy in the next six to 12 months will be within driving distance from where I'm at right now. That's really good. That's, it's a smooth strategy. You got yourself a little 96 circle and you don't just you a, never leave yeah. it. <laughs> I'm being super laser focused with it though. That's, that's why, um, you know, I, I, so I started doing real estate, I think 2015. Yeah. So, you know, right now it's not like I just started doing this yesterday. I've, yeah. I've been, you know, I've been doing this for, I don't know, was that six years now? You know, do the math, right? So yeah. So say about six years now. So yeah. You know, I bought a property and it was a while before I bought my second property, but I did, I got my second property eventually. And it was a while before I got the third one, but that time frame kept getting smaller and smaller before I was able to start buying multiple properties. And then it's exponential from there. So it took me six years to get to this exponential point where I'm able to buy several properties at a time or in a, even in a year. Mm-hmm. Did I do it? Did, did in the last six years, was I perfect? No, I made a lot of mistakes along the way, but I learned. I would say that just today, and I'm saying today, I'm finally understanding or finally have a good plan, I should say. You know, yeah. I finally have a good plan, an, uh, an actionable plan, a good investment strategy. It took me six years to try different investment strategies that I didn't like as much, that mm-hmm. maybe I didn't understand as much, or might not have been the right strategy for where I was investing. But now with all that experience under my belt and with, you know, do, you know, being part of dozens of product uh, properties, the, the Burr strategy and the method that I'm focusing on right now and the areas that I'm focusing is the right strategy for me. And that's what I'm going to be doing moving forward is just be laser focused on that one thing. I don't want to be distracted with any other type of investing. I'm just going to focus on this one thing, stay in my lane. And I saw you did a little little talk to the uh, investors club. Was is oh, it yeah, the investors course, yeah. club over at Quinnipiac? Right. So shout out to the good old QU guys yeah, so for that. They they invited me. Um, I got a lot of good feedback from that. I got you know a lot of people jumped on, followed me on social media. A lot of people stayed stayed after I presented, asked additional questions, as well as messaged me on social media and reached out to me that you know really want to do this and and you know thanking me for kind of opening their eyes but yeah it was about an hour presentation I, I did like a very brief overview of a lot of different aspects of real estate but my goal there was simple similar to my general goal just if I could just help one person realize that real estate is a thing that works and that it's possible to do then I'm happy and I definitely think I accomplished that goal I think um a lot of people in that at that club maybe realized or had that light bulb go up in their head that, Hey, maybe real estate's worth looking into. Absolutely. Dude. No, you're, you're, um, I got a, I got a doozy of a question for you, yeah, send it. except, except I forgot it. So, um, <laughs> Oh my God. That happens on, to dude. me every now and then. Yeah, dude, dude, I had the club though. I'll say this, uh, Quinn Pack, that's really a serious club, man. I mean, a lot of guys that are, are you know, high rollers, they, they mainly, it seems like they mainly focus on like stocks and, and stuff like that, which, um, but you know, yeah, the Wolf of Wall Street kids. A lot of yeah, a lot of good guys there. Um, no doubt, a lot of them are going to be extremely successful. So if I could help at all, then uh, I'm happy. All right. So the question that I was going to te- what I was going to ask you, I just needed that quick pause there because I wanted to refill my glass. Um, but thank you for that, Chucky, filling me. And that's how a team works there, guys. You know, everybody has one. I mean, it's, that's what it is. But my question for you. So you talked about. You mentioned it earlier. You said something about coaching and helping others. We've had 
a bunch of life coaches, a bunch of different types of coaches that come on here. What kind of coaching are you going to be doing to help people? Yeah. So, you know, it, it kind of naturally came up. Um, I, I decided that I wanted to start like documenting and, and really helping out people. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me that want me to essentially, I don't want, I don't know if I should say it like this, but essentially hold my hand through the process, hold their hand through the process. Yeah, dude, that's I'm me. Okay Sorry guys. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> but then, um, you know, me, I don't like to do anything half-assed. So I said, okay, how can I make this very structured and like, you know, efficient as possible. Like how could, if I really, if somebody came to me and they qualified, right. They had, you know, either X job or X amount of capital saved up or, you know, X, Y, you know, they, they just qualified that they can do it. Um, what's the quickest way I can get them in their first property? Like how, what's the best way to do it? And it just kind of naturally came up with, well, I should probably design a course around it. And then I said, well, I don't want to just hand somebody a course that kind of defeats the purpose of me helping them. So maybe, I can actually, you know, hold people's hands and walk them through this process. So with that, yeah, right. Personalize it. So with that being said, I, I've decided to take on a certain amount of mentees um, or students and do an actual coaching program um, where I take people in, I essentially hold their hand throughout the process and get them to buy their first property. Uh, right now, the way that we're going to be doing it um, with the way when we, when we start and launch it, which is coming up soon now, is the idea is going to be really around a small group mentorship where we're going to jump on zoom calls about twice a week. Now they're going to, you're going to have full access to me, you know, 24 seven throughout the week. Um, but we're going to jump on these group calls twice a week. One of them is going to be reserved just for me to teach different ideas, topics, um, different things about real estate and investing. The other one's just going to be deal breakdowns. And I think the reason why that I want to do this is that, that, the hardest part about real estate is really just running the numbers and being confident in yourself and your numbers to actually buy that property. So the best way I think I can help the most people as possible is, Hey, everybody jumps on a zoom call, show me your deals. Let's throw them up on share, share, share screens, throw them up on the screen. Let's run through all the numbers. Let's do it together. If I feel confident at the end, I would say, Hey, hypothetically, yeah, I would do this deal. Or I would say no. And here's why not. Or if I'm doing it, this is why. And I feel like that would, that's probably would be the most beneficial, beneficial thing for me. If I was just starting, if I was just starting out and had somebody who had experience say, Hey, I'm going to break down all the deals that you're thinking about doing, run all the numbers with you and let you know if I would do the deal or not, that would have given, given me an insane amount of confidence to make more offers on more deals. The reason I like the biggest reason I ask for that is it's been, the topics have been coming up a lot. I was paying attention to some different stuff on clubhouse this week. And there's a few different rooms and people were talking about how they've run into guys that really talk the talk, but then the minute it's time to show up, the money's paid and then they're no longer to be found. Like they can't find anybody. And this is the, this is that piece here. Like you're, uh, you're a real one, dude. You're, you're doing what you're supposed to do. You found your calling. It's going to be, it's a really, the idea of me coaching um, or being a, a mentor for people and having some type of monetary exchange where they're going to, you're going to pay for coaching. I, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to charge anybody, but I also feel that when you pay for something, then there's a part of a commitment that's there. You know, if something's free, it's like, it's free. It's but accountability. It's, it's accountability, right? It's like, all right, now I'm putting money to now it's real. Now I have to show up to the calls twice a week. And you tested their self-discipline. Right? It's to make sure they're going to, they're not wasting your time. But at the same time, I don't, I don't want it to be something, you know, 
you know, I don't want to lose that why at the end of the day, I want to, everybody who joins, if they qualify and they join and I allow them into the program, which is going to be very small um, because it's going to be very time consuming on me. I want to really work with these people one-on-one. And then once they buy their, the first property, they'll kind of graduate out and I'll be able to open up a slot for somebody else. Um, but I don't want to, it's not going to be something where it's, you know, I don't know, there's like really a time limit to it. My idea would be that it would it'd probably take you about three to six months to buy a property from zero. Um, mm-hmm. if, like, you, you know, start just to give you that confidence. And by the time you find a property, by the time you close. So the idea would be is that it would be a six month program. You would come into the program. Um, but that's it though. If you don't get a property in six months, you're, you're part of the program until you get a property. So you only pay to get in one time. Yeah. And that's it. And I'm going to work with you until you get that first property, as long as it's something you still want to do. Six months go by, you don't have that property. We're going to keep going. Another three months go by. Um, you know, at that point, if you, if you don't have a property, I don't know what's going on. I, we, we'll figure it out, but um, that's what I'm there for. Uh, but, you know, my, my goal is to get you your first property and that's what I want to do with it. So very good. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to start that. As you should be. I'm excited for you because you're already good at what you do. You helped, like I said, in the very beginning of this, our, we're coming up on our birthday. You helped push this yeah. out the door. So about that guys. Yeah, man. On you guys, man. I mean, that's, that's a big deal right there. Um, one year uh, in anything, man, that's, that's commitment right there, man. That's commitment. It's also one year on us too, because you were part of it. You were there for the first episode. So you were, you were there <laughs> as awful the first, as it was, as awful as it was, you can't even find it anymore. Hope that you, like, if it's been recorded, post those. <laughs> I hope you didn't post the first one. Right. Oh, That's we did. We posted the first, second, uh, the first and second, but get they have since been deleted because okay. of how terrible they are. <laughs> they no longer they no longer exist on and the we, internet. Thank the Lord. Yeah, can't find them. Can't find them. They'll never find them. It's fine. <laughs> they're they're buried. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. No, Chucky, you've been you've been great this entire time. So I wanna I wanna lighten the mood for a second. Who does your hair? You got to give a shout out to your barber, man, because your shit's looking tight this week. You're always looking good, man. Always looking good. (laughs) Major League Barbershop, Ariel, my man. That's my my low fade. Those are the best fades in town. East Haven. Chucky, who are you wearing today? (laughs) (laughs) I said, Chucky, who are you wearing today? I'm wearing, listen, listen, leave me alone. Leave my hair alone. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not making fun of you, dude. I was, I was, I, I was another man. Bit. Give him, can another man give him some flowers? Like, isn't that work? Isn't, doesn't that how that works? I don't I know. Appreciate the Fellas, is it gay to compliment your homie? No. Not even, uh, not even, not uh, even a little bit. Compliment everybody, man. It's okay. No. It's called it's being like home, homosexual. Yeah, dude. Exactly. There's nothing gay about being homosexual. And that's a fact. You put you put together and that you're dapper, dude. You are a dapper dude. That's how it works. You should have you seen kiss me your homie good night. You should have seen me when I was on my hands and knees earlier today, picking up food and <laughs> you know what the funny part is? He was wearing what any, he has on. I didn't have any of my rings on, if you guys were wondering, right? My yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you had all that shit on, but you had extra oh. sizes for your suit. So you could be like, you come out of that shit looking like James was Bond. On everything. <laughs> I was not wearing a free Chuck, suit. Chuck, Chucky is like Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother, just always in a suit. No. Suit, suit up, fellas. Bro. No, I see Chucky is more like the Italian both. James Bond. He's J Mo Bondo. That's what he is. He's J Mo no, Bondo. But- 
<laughs> I'll say this though, like it's important to to go to do both because like what I mean by that is a lot of times, yes, I'm dressed up, I'm looking professional, I'm suited up. Always I drive, I drive my Alfa Romeo around and I and I'm clean cut. And when I tell people what I do or you know, or when people see me when I'm actually working. I'm, I'm dirty head to toe. I'm wearing jeans with stains on them. I'm wearing shirts with stains on them. Um, you know, my hands You're are not just pretty. You do, you, know, <laughs> you get dirty too. You know what that, to do. You know, totally different. Person. Um, and, I'm, yeah. and I'm driving around like an old, you know, work truck or work car, or, you know, shit. Box. Bumpers falling off and shit oh, like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got a fucking four Ranger. Yeah. Four Ranger. I got S10. Three, S10. I got three, my brother, we have about three or four Ford Rangers in the yard that are work trucks. Just so you guys know. That three is, or, I'm not a TikTok guy, but like for that Ford Rangers, have you heard the Ford Rangers song? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's got, my fucking yeah. My, my yeah. girlfriend at one point, uh, she hated, like whenever I'd see a Ford Ranger in the street and there's so many in Connecticut's yeah. I, or Connecticut's in Southern yeah. Connecticut. There's so many. <laughs> Every time I saw it, I'd sing, I'd sing the, the Ford Ranger song and oh my God, she hated it. No, but yeah, you know, I, the, the point I was trying to make though, is that look, you got it. You have to be able to do both. You know, it's like, there's a time and place when it's time to get down and dirty. And there's a time and place where you got to look professional um, and the type of work or business that I do, you got to be able to do both. And absolutely. And, you know, you got to be able to go both ways. I got to ask you a question though. Then this is going to be, I want to say, a final thought of the night here. What what business-related book inspired you the most so far to get you into this path here? What what would you say? I can't say business-related. What real estate-related book? Because I know you're a bookie, like us, whether it's Audible or anything. Maybe a real estate book. Some, some sort of value that we can end on the night on how to, other than coming to you and your coaching program, but if I wanted to learn more about something, do you have a recommendation? So here's the thing, like business, I could tell you, I can tell you a lot of business books that, that inspired me or definitely kind of changed my mindset. Think and Grow Rich is a great one. And, and that's on top of there. But as far as like real estate books go, yeah, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of great real estate books there. A lot of them are, are either technical or, you know, it's, I, I would a lot say of fluff. That, yeah, I claimed fluff. fluff like you, know, you said, I read them like, come on, let me grab one real quick. He's got a big bookcase, everybody, for our for not our YouTube listeners. So like, nice um, you know, I have all these. This one I just started, so I'm like a chapter, and I have 57 sticky notes in it. Yeah, rental property. I, would, I wouldn't recommend this investing. book to start off with. Um, yeah, rental property investing. It's just you know, and and then I have my stack of the next couple I'm going to read, which are similar, you know, um, not important, but the mindset is more important. That's what I'm getting at. Right. Yeah. And right now, I think that one of the reasons that I've been able to exponentially kind of grow what it is I'm doing is because I'm being laser focused. So with that in mind, if you wanted me to recommend a book, the book I'm going to recommend is called the one thing. And it's about being laser focused on one thing. It's called the one thing. Uh, I don't know who it's by. Maybe I could Google it really quick. But um, well, I'll find it for you. Keep talking. I'll find it for you. Yeah, that, that book. It it opens up. I mean, I think I don't remember if it's like a quote in the first chapter or it's even in like the opening of the book. Um, it says, "If you chase two rabbits, you won't catch either one." And if nothing else, that embodies the entire book. 
right? If you chase two rabbits, you will not catch either one. Is it the one thing, the surprisingly simple truth about extraordinary results? Is that what, is that what that is? Is that the name of the book? Um, I found yeah, it. I found, I just got a, yeah. it's got a whole yes, bunch the of simple truth about of extraordinary things. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, that's it. It is by Keller and Papasan. That's yeah, what it looks that, like. That's the book. I just Googled. Yeah. So that book, and I've read that book more than once. Um, I'm not sure how many times at this point, but I've read it a lot. And the first time I read it, I was like, yeah, of course. If you chase two rabbits, you can't catch either one. I get it. And then after a couple of years, I read it again because I just had it. Um, I don't remember. I had it around the shelf or something while I was in the Marine Corps still. And then I read it again and it, it kind of pertaining to real, um, not real estate, pertaining to the Marine Corps, I got it. It made more sense. And I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Let me focus on my job in the Marine Corps, my role here, you know, in, you know, whatever I was doing. And it, it kind of clicked there for me. And then I read it again after the Marine Corps or, and it clicked for me for business a totally different way. So to say I've read that book a few times, it, every time I read that book, it really affected me differently. And the most recent, when I did go through that book recently, pertaining to my strategies, my investment strategies, I was like, wow, I'm really spread out. I'm doing a lot of different things right now. Um, you know, maybe I should take a step back, liquidate a few assets. You know, I got, I was in the stock market very heavily. I, um, you know, a very large portion of my wealth was in there. I had a lot of real estate going on. I had my businesses going on. I had a lot of different things going on. And when I read that book again, probably a year or so ago, I, I really kind of opened my eyes again. I'm like, damn, you know, I really, I, I'm really spread out then. I'm chasing too many rabbits right now. Um, and, and that kind of inspired me again to say, hey, let me get laser focused right now. What am I the best at? What do I have the most confidence in? What do I have the most experience in? What, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Decided to be real estate. And then I, even, even there, I said, how could I get even more specific? Not just real estate, one strategy. We're doing the bird method. This is what we're doing, you know. And, and that, I think that book probably had the biggest effect, at least in the last year, I would say. So yeah, great book. Highly recommend it. Absolutely, man. No, that was good. Thank you for, thank you for that. I wanted to make sure that we yeah. had this on a, on a solid, solid note. We did that with, uh, I like how you talked about the two rabbits, especially we talked about that last week with, with our guest. He had mentioned, you know, how do you, you, you chase a cat and it'll run away from you every time, but if you can get the cat to come to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your, your whole world opens up and if you can figure that out and that's how it works the more you give the more you can get and you're giving by making all these properties for everybody you have a better place a better investment in themselves and you and you know you're helping people so thank you for being our second official this is your second official episode but thank you for all those times <laughs> filling in for me and any other time anybody else wanted to step out we always told you as the chief visionary officer you can come and go as you please so you're always welcome with us. Go ahead, Dustin, do your thing. Well, Chucky, thank you so much for coming on. Um, what, what, how can people find you? Tell us about uh, your social media pages, where yeah. they can find you and, I would your, say, and your Facebook group. Yeah, I would say the best thing to do is, you know, you follow me on social media. Do My Instagram is just my name, Charles Rubano. My Facebook's the same thing, Charles Rubano. LinkedIn's the same thing, Charles Rubano. And if you follow me on Instagram, uh, link in the bio will bring you to the Facebook group. And if you're just looking on Facebook, it's called BRRRR. So it's B with four R's, uh, Burr Mentor Group, helping new entrepreneurs buy their first property. So definitely join it there. Check it out. A lot of great videos, um, walkthroughs of this property we just closed on. So if you want to see more of 
the mess that those people left behind, you could definitely check it out there. <laughs> All right, Charles. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Episode 48 is in the books next week. We're creeping up on 50. We're creeping up on one year. Slowly but surely, we're going to get there. Charles, thank you so much for coming on. This has been episode 48 of The Wetdown. Have a good one, guys. Thank you, guys. Talk about everything and nothing at the same time. Catch us Tuesday afternoon when it goes live. Always bringing something different each and every time. You know that. You know that. Talk about everything and nothing at the same time. Catch us Tuesday afternoon when it goes live. Always bringing something different each and every time. You know that. You know that. You know that.